Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Food for Thought, a podcast gab fest wherein a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the table to talk about sex, our identity, culture, what we like to read, and who we like to read. Food for Thought, who's skeet, our skeet. <laughs> I hate you. I hate it. <laughs> Oh, if this was live, we'd be booed off the I am, oh, I am now, now picturing dying. a tub of our collective no, no, skeet. No, 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 no. I'm Tommy T. Spico. I'm an indigenous American poet, screenwriter, and I want Chris Evans to choke me till I potty. Hey, <laughs> you. I'm Fran. I'm a writer, editor, Carrie in the streets, but a Miranda in the sheets. <laughs> that. <laughs> that I don't think accurate. either of those things are true. <laughs> you wouldn't know. Joseph, <laughs> I've seen you in the streets before. Uh-oh. I am Joseph Osmond, scientist, nonfiction writer, plant mom, and dildo daddy. Oh, God. Oh. And I'm Dennis Norris II, and I'm a reader and writer, a former figure skater, and I'm really just an NB looking for an Aladdin to get all up in my cave of wonders. Oh. <laughs> Doesn't the cave collapse? Yes. <laughs> we're not there yet. Flapping but in the we're wind. hoping. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe, you want to tell us what we got in the menu today? Absolutely. This week, y'all, we swipe right on famous tennis star Marina Abramovich. <laughs> <laughs> I, Joseph o- Osmondson, for one time actually say no to sex. Mm-hmm. Ronan Farrow finds out what we did last summer. Ooh. And for dessert, devokes for us. And it was disgusting. <laughs> it was disgusting. <laughs> Take it away. Mm-hmm. Stop it! I'm feeling a I little quit. bit peckish, so let's start the top of the show the way any good top should, with a little tease. Our mm. uproarious appetizer segment, Amuse Boosh. And to amuse our booshes today... Joe got a little game. Hi, everybody. Today, our topic is problematic faves, and we are going to have a problematic fave version of Swipe Right, Swipe Left. I'm terrified. If you don't know this game, it is a game in which we have a topic, a person, a thing, a place, and we have to swipe left, meaning, or swipe right, meaning, okay. Okay, are you ready? All right. You're ready. This is so sexy in the morning. Hi, everybody. Oh, it's so, oh. Are we ready for our problematic fave, Swipe Right, Swipe Left? Mm -hmm. Number one. Ilyana Van Zant. Um, swipe left. Tommy swipes Tommy left. Swipe left. <laughs> Just because she's like, she's therapy adjacent, but is not therapy. It's and so kind of passes entertaining. herself off as a therapy. I agree that it's entertaining, yeah. but I feel like, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's false advertising. We can't co-sign. We can't. I, I can't particularly. Can but she's funny as hell. It's funny as <laughs> hell. The memes. Say, the I, memes. I swipe right for the gifts. Oh my God. I'm sorry, but they are so good. My go-to <laughs> gift 
when I'm trying to read someone for filth is an Ayanla Van Zant. Not on my watch where she <laughs> was slaps the table. the table. Oh my god, the gifts are so good. Is I, I'm I Fran. don't know who she is. <laughs> I, is this like a generational thing? I'm not like I, I don't. like don't know how you missed the video of her making who was it that she some, made? Uh, some rapper uh, who I've read, never heard of. Read the lyrics to her ancestors. Is she like it Wendy Williams? Is it's, it like no? It's like a therapy show. It's like she goes into people's life. The one that first one I saw was with DMX, who had horrible drug problems, and she like comes into DMX's life and kind of shames him in front of all okay. of his people. It's kind of like well, intervention. Yeah, it's, it's like is, intervention. The so, show is literally called Fix My Life. Okay, yeah, so it's yeah. as problematic as Wendy Williams. It's like Doctor Phil, more, but like Doctor Philistine, more problematic more. than Wendy Williams. Wow. Oh, way more well listen Wendy got a college degree in what she does like did she, she, she? yes she did from Northeastern University was she it an honorary it degree no an, an actual undergraduate oh, bachelor's degree in wow. radio studies and communications oh interesting mm-hmm. next up Starbucks swipe right swipe left <laughs> swipe left just because it's bad coffee y'all up your uh, standards it's also a horrible corporation that you should not be supporting so. agreed but I will swipe right in the summertime because Fair. if I'm walking between two distances and they, I need some AC, just like a quick hit of AC, I will go into a Starbucks. <laughs> and some Wi-Fi, damn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Also, I have traveled with Teebs, and Teebs and I know on our travels that like it is really hard to find the good coffee shop in every place you go to. You mm-hmm. don't have time for that shit. Sometimes just you just ran. need the disgusting the Starbucks. The old reliable, yeah. The old Vons reliable. Is not a Dunkin' Donuts. It's like, it's, like that, it's, it's like the dependable dick that you always go back to. It's never that great, but it's always the same. Yeah, it's not going <laughs> to say no. <laughs> you know what you're getting? I, um, I mean, come on. We all, you know me i love a pumpkin spice latte i'm gonna oh, go ahead and swipe right d basic d what about marina abramovich tommy says swipe left <laughs> in her biography God. she had this whole extended paragraph about uh, aboriginal oh, australians oh, that was yeah, yeah, so yeah. disgusting so really racist. it was so racist and oh, swipe right i love her I'm her sorry. early work is really important to me I, yeah i mean one of it's my hard. complicated faves one of my complicated yeah, faves yeah, yeah. i mean we'll get into d. it d i mean the, I, like i I don't have a problem with tennis, so I guess I'll swipe right. But <laughs> oh my <laughs> God, D, D. Dennis. Do you know who this is, D? Conceptual, um, conceptual artist. Uh, like performance wait, artist. What? She's one of the this greatest not, performance I did not artists say, of all I did time. not say Marina Navratilova. <laughs> 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 I said Mari, Marina Abramovich. This is oh, great. Dennis. Oh, oh, I know. No, well, so, and then swipe left because of what Tommy said. <laughs> oh, my God, Dennis. Oh, my God. This is my favorite moment ever. Wow. <laughs> Next, the gym. <laughs> swipe what? left. Okay, Tom, uh, this time I say swipe right. Uh, I have not been able to go to the gym for a while because I have a knee injury from having sex with a short dude at the line <laughs> hotel. But I, I miss going to the gym. I haven't been for like a it's, whole month. It, it's hard on the brain to not go. I yeah. like the gym when it's a nice gym. Like uh, I have access Equinox. to a very nice. No, not Equinox. But I, <laughs> I go to a very nice gym and it's just like, uh, yeah. What about Chick fil A? Swipe right. <laughs> Tommy. Oh wait, wait, sorry. Chick fil A. Other way, left. left, left. <laughs> the bad I never, The thing is, I never got into Chick fil A. So when when oh. everyone was like cancel Chick fil A, I was like, yeah, no problem. <laughs> it's like saying cancel yeah, Arby's. I, I never went there. They don't. They didn't have it in Ohio, so I uh, swipe left. If you if it's not Wendy's spicy chicken nuggets, I don't care. Hmm, right. Okay, okay. So there's no stakes for y'all. So it's easy to just no, be like, oh, you have said, trash politics. If they and- had said Jack in the Box, you know, fuck Jack in the Box, I would have. I would have. I, my soul would be torn. <laughs> Same if it were Wendy's or Pizza Hut. Fran, Fran's been very I, I quiet. I was in the same. I was in the same box as Tommy. I said. Oh, so I. Uh, yeah, I mean, I loved. I still eat there. <laughs> I'm so you sorry, do? everybody. I do. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I also. We'll talk about this in the main episode, but I don't really believe in consumer 
like activism like don't buy this do buy this that'll change the world oh yeah 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 I, I, we'll I get feel, into that i really okay, wanted to lower that yeah. over your head um fleet douches swipe right swipe left problematic you're phase. the only one who cares about their problem next joe <laughs> <laughs> wait can you elucidate those of us who are in the dark on yeah, the nature what, of fleet's problematic origin yeah, um, many people say that it's not healthy for you to do them all the time mm-hmm. oh uh, yeah i've i've I, I mean i've heard that swipe left what, oh, what I, is it not healthy, Joe? Uh, I, there's not enough clear research to to be honest. With okay, you. so when you mm-hmm. prolapse, we're gonna be like, oh, it was probably <laughs> not a good idea. <laughs> there's no sexier word than the word prolapse. Okay, moving on. <laughs> You're disgusting. <laughs> Next up, Juno Diaz. Oh, this one hurts. Oh. Juno Diaz has been one of my favorite writers of all time. So I will ultimately swipe right, but fuck that guy. <laughs> Uh, Teeps, I'm just going to say left. I, yeah. I didn't have that same transcendent experience of Juno Diaz literature. I mean, I remember reading Drown, the short story collection, like yeah. really liking mm-hmm. it, but I wasn't like, oh, you're one of my people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, this one is hard, not because I also am not like gung-ho about his writing, but he created, he created um, this workshop called Vona for Writers of Color right. that is really important to me and has been really important to my trajectory. Um, it totally changed my life. So, um, it's difficult. I'm like, I've pa- hit the pause button on Juno, mm-hmm. but ultimately probably Bench. yeah he's benched. Bench. He's benched. I uh you know I do I did have a transcendent experience not with all of the short stories in Drown, but with the short story Drown in particular mm. and with Oscar Wilde. Uh, but I ultimately I just have to swipe left. Like as as much as he's my fave, I think the harm that he's done for right now, I have to swipe left. Mm. What about? Cocaine, problematic faves. Cocaine. Uh, this team's. Oh. I'll swipe left on cocaine. I've never. I've never actually done it before. What? Say. But I'll swipe right on Adderall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, cocaine is my favorite drug. I'm oh my god, Fran. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm swiping right. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, the one time I did cocaine, I wish I could tell you on air who I did it in a bathroom with. I can't imagine um, D on cocaine. I can't. I well, here's the Can thing. Can you imagine me on cocaine? <laughs> it's, yeah. First, yeah. it's just extra it's you. It's just extra <laughs> you. Producer right? Alex is like, yes. fuck no. I don't want those emails. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I actually think Fran doing cocaine and just sending out a bunch of emails is like exactly what I, I imagine. I answered yeah. emails on cocaine. <laughs> I don't give the lady at the hotel. <laughs> 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 no, like the cat gift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like keys. Um, no, D. anyway, so, um, Swipe left. I don't like snorting things. Oh. It's not my thing. I love snorting. Post woke <laughs> Taylor Swift. Post woke voting Democrat. <laughs> I, I just like left on Taylor Swift forever. I never yeah. I never really roll with that woman, so I can't name a single Taylor Swift song. Oh, wait, but shit. I really love that song that she filmed where she filmed the music video in Africa and had no black people in it. Wow. Dennis. I like wow. actually Dennis. really like everybody that, song. that is Dennis. Already, everybody high. Everybody that's Dennis. Pro- problematic. That is Dennis. From the jump. Oh my god. This is that is a, a problematic real, phase. This is gonna be a tough I don't remember episode, what it's called, <laughs> but it's it's yeah, I love that song. Up next, Truvada. Uh swipe right. It's the blue pill. The blue pill for the HIV. For the HIV, okay. Yeah, I I'll say swipe right too. I I don't currently take Truvada because I'm not that sexually active. But <laughs> <laughs> enlighten us, Joe. Well, I would swipe right, but also, yeah. I'm. What's the problematic? I mean, there, there are a lot of people who like slut shame around it or talk about how it is going to lead. Swipe to the... right on the drug. Swipe left on them. Yeah. Agreed. Seriously. 
For our next course, we have an impure thought spelled T-H-O-T, wherein our hoe of honor shares a death-defying and deeply oversharing slutty story. And in the thought seat... Our hoe of honor is Hosa Podlinson. Hi, everybody. Yes. So this is once again a travel thought story. Uh, That's I when was, you get your thought on. I mean, it is tra- when you, we the love travel also, D is the so travel good. D is so the travel good. D is the hoe in the area. Like travel when D is you real. step out of, you know, I was in this. I was in this city that I was visiting for a few weeks, so I wasn't just like there and and gone. And you know, I was kind of like feeling I had been there for a while and I hadn't really hooked up, and I was willing to take a step outside of myself, right? And to also, take... like, when you leave New York, you forget... I mean, when you're in New York, you forget how hot you are until you leave, and then, <laughs> that's like a moth to a flame burned by the fire, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I'm in this city, and I hadn't hooked up for a while, and you, you all know I can, like, enjoy the BDSM-y kind of role-play thing, both as, like, I'm a switch, so I can both be a little bit more dominant or a little submissive. With hookups, I tend to be a little more submissive, because it's easy for me to just, like, give up and go. So that is an important <laughs> premise for give up and go, Tommy. <laughs> yeah. Your new single? That is um, (laughs) Give Up and Go on everything. Oh my God. Uh, And just cry. Give Up and Go and Cry. My name Uh, is Joe. Joe. (laughs) I am a hoe. (laughs) I was the backup vocals. Did you hear that? Thank you. Perfect. You're welcome. Um, So I, I. engage in this hookup and the premise is like the you know it's kind of BDSM-y I'm a little uh, being a little submissive and that's important for the context of the rest of the story and so it was a person that like seemed like our kind of kink in at least this encounter would be a a sort of good match for one another Mm. right and so I'm like do do you modulate your voice when you when you're submissive no actually I don't (laughs) I do not (laughs) no I do not Uh, I don't Uh, usually there's no voice because there's a ball gag and or dick in my mouth (laughs) It's fine. Wow. Your favorite, um, your favorite state of being. Uh, so I go in, into this hookup, and it, it starts out really great, and I'm kind of like low key bound, but not really bound. But then it t- sort of takes a turn, actually, where one of the things that I don't like um, is choking. Uh, oh on, my god! On I love dick. getting choked out. Oh no, god. getting Ooh. choked is great. I don't like gagging on dick. Mm, I oh. pretend to. And this, I don't really have a gag reflex, but oh, I pretend to. Yeah, so, it makes yeah. them feel. Bad. I have a yeah, very yeah, strong yeah. gag reflex. Me so too. it's one of those things, that, like in BDSM, where like I'm quote unquote being submissive, but yet I need to have control. And like you have to play that game where it seems like you're in control, but you're actually giving me the control that I need to feel safe. And this person actually wasn't doing that, mm. right? And but mm. so it was in this in this hookup in the guise of this hookup where I was supposed to be submissive and had sort of given up that control, but I, it it made a turn and I just wasn't having fun anymore. And Mm -hmm. it was like, again, as a sub, you kind of like you're, I realized in that moment that that wasn't a turn on to me. What mm. specifically mm. was the turn? Uh, it was the get the choking on the dick. Mm. I was like, that this is not. I don't like this. This is not what I want. And I did a thing that I am so bad at. I left. Oh. I got up and I left the hookup, and I made a phone call to my good friend and friend of the show, um, Tina Horn. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know she's like one of my best friends and ha- talks a lot about sex and consent, um, consent and, and all these things mm-hmm. and and so I was talking to her and I said I felt so good I have had so much sex in my life that I had because I got into a situation and then I was there and I didn't want to be there anymore mm-hmm. but I felt like it would be awkward or I would hurt someone's feelings to get up and leave mm-hmm. and so I just sort of stayed and finished mm-hmm. and I in 2018 I made a promise to myself that I don't want to do that anymore yeah. I don't want to have sex that I don't want to have mm-hmm. and in this particular situation because I was like kind of being more submissive it was a big deal for me to say no like actually no like it's being submissive is not about 
actually not consenting. It's like, I don't Mm want to do this anymore. And so I'm not going to do this anymore. And she said the best thing, which was just that like in all of the lessons we learn about sex and we learn these lessons from culture and from pornography and from one another and from fantasies, there's never a script for leaving. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's never a script for like a healthy way and a sexy way and a caring way to get out of an encounter. Mm -hmm. And I left that hookup feeling better than I've felt in a long time. I just felt so powerful and strong and like I had done a good and healthy thing for myself. Yeah. But there mm-hmm. is and the yeah. character. And, and yeah. that, but there is a way in which like BDSM uh, uh, allows for those kinds of decisions mm-hmm. more so than like vanilla situations mm-hmm. might otherwise yes. suggest. I mean, remember Rhonda Gerard this summer when she was, yeah. when she read at Tin House, she said something like, I've never felt so violated as I have been in, during van- quote unquote vanilla, vanilla sex. sex. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, and the other thing about BDSM relationships that a lot of people just like don't recognize is that the a good BDSM relationship, there is more trust than mm-hmm. consent than, is, your, yeah. than your yeah. than your everyday kind of like so, and and that was the thing with this with this encounter was that that person was not giving me that vibe that person was not giving me the vibe of not like communicating of not uh, communicating yeah. not respecting my boundaries right and so it wasn't a good feel it didn't feel like that and so the, the and because it actually felt really hard to leave because I had uh, assumed the sort of position of you know consenting to whatever mm-hmm. and so in having that be the premise and for me to be like no actually i'm not doing this anymore felt really 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 good it was like the best non-sex i've ever had you know yeah yeah and and that's again like about um the, the in consent and also negotiation yep. and the ways in which you like lay out terms for what it is that you're willing to do and not do i i mm. i remember like asking somebody just in in a vanilla encounter being like what do you like? What do you want me to do to you? And he was so shocked that I even asked him. He was like, nobody's ever asked me that before. And I was like, why don't we fucking talk a little bit more? Like what's wrong with narrative during sex? You know what I mean? Yes. Have have you all um, left a hookup? Yes. Yes. Midway? Yeah. I kicked somebody. That dude has spit on me. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Oh, correct. Right, 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 right. right, Yeah. Is Um, it hard? Um, yes. So I, I have, I have sort of a similar story. Um, and, it was it was very difficult. I sort of was in a surprise threesome. I found oh my myself God. in a threesome, and it's funny because I talk about D this a and lot the surprise like, threesome. <laughs> yeah, that's Where's a Harry Potter book. Yeah. I have not read. <laughs> I met. I went to meet up with one guy, and I got there, and then we were going into the basement of the apartment where the bedroom was, and he was like, "Oh, my friend is there. He's gonna watch." And you know how D loves those basements. And oh. I loves the basements. I was like, "Oh." Okay, like that's that's something fine. you ask about before. Mm-hmm. Y- yes, that was my feeling. My friend is just gonna but watch, I, but I felt like I I I had never left a hookup in, until yeah. at that point, and so I went down there. Um, mm-hmm. The situation got a little bit out of hand, and I was like, "Okay, you know what? I I this is too much for me. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I need to leave." Mm. Have have you all had sex that you didn't want to have out of like feeling Absolutely. of awkwardness? Oh my or? god, all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when I was younger. Yeah. Like when I in my twenties, it was a lot of just having yeah. sex because like that guy was still there, and I was like, uh. And it like I have been spit on before in sex, and I did not kick the dude right, out. Right, right, and right. And that right. was the first time I ever hooked up with somebody from an app. And we had just gone to like a diner, and we were going to go back to my place to get like a coat, and then like we just started hooking up, and and it I did a lot of stuff that I didn't want to do, but I was yeah. like, but this is what I asked for this right because. I did this because it was a hookup from an app. You know, right. I felt like yeah. I brought it upon You've, myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like one of my biggest hangups with hooking up in general, and maybe it's something that I'm not necessarily proud of, is that I, I kind of require 
require too much trust to get mm. to that point with mm-hmm. someone. So like I don't have as much sex as like the next person or rather I don't do as many like casual hookups as the next person. Um, but I definitely I've never but as a consequence of that, I've never had to leave. Oh wow. Because mm-hmm. I'm always yeah. I've always vetted the person enough that, that I knew that it wasn't yeah. gonna hurt me. It's a huge benefit to like the friends with benefits situation. Like I much prefer like mm-hmm. the long term. Like I trust you. I know our sex is good. I know that like if I don't feel well, I can stop and it won't hurt your feel. I'm always worried about hurting. Like to, to me, I'm pretty insecure. And so if I were having sex with someone and they were like, oh, I hate this. I want to go. Oh my God. Oh, ruin yeah. Me. Like yeah, I would, would be devastated. Me. Never and, having sex again. <laughs> and I, I don't yeah. want to do that to another person. So like I, what, what Tina said about scripts, like healthy scripts for mm-hmm. actually being like, no, it's not not you like it's not that I don't think you're sexy or it's just I don't feel good right now mm-hmm. and like I want to be able to leave without harming the other person without hurting their feelings but you know kind of like figuring out ways in which we can actually have these conversations mm-hmm. even mid act mm-hmm. where we can enact consent and be like no I'm I'm good and I want to go mm-hmm. but without harming the other person it's mm-hmm. tough it's a very hard sort of holding all of the emotional weight of everyone in the hookup is really hard yeah. at the same it's, time. It's, almost, it's kind of like having a script for a breakup. Exactly. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. how do you how do you let somebody down yeah. easy? This yeah. is unrelatable yeah. to me because I script all of my breakups. <laughs> I lit- And I'm not joking. I write down like a full conversation like in my notes app and I'm like, this is this is the thing that I'm going to say. This is all of their counterpoints. These are the things that they'll probably say to write the whole conversation. <laughs> and then you do cocaine and then you send them <laughs> <it> as <laughs> an email. <laughs> I don't know. Nev- I would never break up with someone over email or text message or voicemail uh, i don't i don't know if i believe you <laughs> i know i or really wouldn't i feel as, oh. i have never been broken up with by text message because i always break up with people but like i would never do i would never do i would never want to do that to somebody yeah i always take yeah. it to the group chat i was i'm just yeah. like somebody tell me what to yeah. say this is what yeah. i'm feeling i need to because otherwise if it's too spontaneous i feel like i might say something that is like on the top of my head right yeah i'm not actually that that it made me feel more suscept a feeling that i'm more susceptible to but yeah. that isn't actually that deep and, mm-hmm. and maybe I am a little bit vindictive maybe I do want that other person to, to hurt. hurt or maybe I'll be too passive yeah. because I don't want them to hurt you know so I think that this is yeah. a thing that I realize in that moment that for me making the conscious decision that I'm not going to have sex that I don't want to be having so practicing leaving like practicing I don't want to do this and actually saying something for me it's like the words get caught in the back of my <laughs> in the back mm-hmm. of my throat mm-hmm. um and and so like practicing that and making a script for myself mm-hmm. about how to hold someone else's feelings in my mind but also do the thing that I need to do for my own safety yeah. and health mental health yeah. physical health like what I want to do mm-hmm. um yeah that was yeah. my impure thought. I'm proud of oh, it's a yeah. good one. Thank I'm you. proud of you too, and a little surprise <laughs> because <laughs> I like oh, it. Nobody likes going to the doctor, especially when you have an anxiety disorder like me. Um, it's can be it can be uncomfortable. It's intrusive, especially when it comes to discussing your sexual health. But luckily, there's Plush Care. Plush Care is a great place to discuss with a trained physician whether Truvada is right for you. Truvada for Prep is over ninety eight percent effective in preventing HIV. So literally, what are you waiting for? And though the thoughts are divided on this issue, we all know that Truvada should be used with condoms. Plush Care is a virtual doctor's office that allows you to 
to see a doctor so quickly through video, which means you can do it with your phone or your computer. You do not have to leave the house. The most major insurances are accepted. Most major insurances are accepted and you pay your usual copay. Your appointments are available every 15 minutes. There's a reason why Plush Care is the largest online provider for Truvada in the U.S. The visits are 100% confidential, which means no judgy looks in the waiting room, and they will work with your insurance to get your medications covered or help you find the cost of an assistance program. I personally know that like trying to find Truvada and and finding a journey that's right for me is like a lot of misinformation. It's a lot of confusion. You don't know what to do, which is why plushcare.com is so simple. That's plushcare.com slash prep. Or you can search plushcare on the app store, booking a 15-minute appointment to pick it up from your local pharmacy. Use the promo code THOUGHT, that's T-H-O-T, for $30 off your next appointment. As always, that's plushcare.com slash prep using the promo code T-H-O-T. Getting dressed doesn't have to be complicated. Everlane makes it so simple. They go to the best ethical factories, produce premium products, and then sell them directly to you without traditional markups. Everlane only makes premium essentials using the finest materials without traditional markups, and they tell you their real costs so you know you're not overpaying. Everlane wants you to know what you're paying for and why. They're radically transparent about every step of the process from the materials they use to the ethical factories that they work with. Because Everlane sells clothes directly to you, their prices are 30 to 50% lower than traditional retailers. Everlane's clothes look better, they cost less, and they last longer. I personally love the clean silk knot shirt in black, duh. Um, Renew fleece sweatshirt in black, duh. Um, And a wide neck cropped pant in black. I know I'm very consistent. It's fine. I know. And Everlane's timeless essentials are just what you're looking for. That's no frills, just quality. Right now, you can check out our personalized collection at everlane.com slash thought. Plus, you'll get free shipping on your first order. That's everlane.com slash thought. T-H-O-T, everlane.com slash T-H-O-T. This message comes from iHeartRadio sponsor, Mercury Insurance. If you're looking to save some money, you should really think about getting a quote from Mercury because Californians save an average of $677 with Mercury. It's quick and easy. And in just a few minutes, you might find you could save a lot of money on your auto and home insurance. Plus, Mercury was named one of America's best insurance companies by insure.com four years in a row. Low rates, big discounts. Great insurance. Go to mercuryinsurance.com today to get a quote. It's crazy how much we have to pay for outdated, impersonal health care, and even crazier that we all just accept it. It's time to face facts. Healthcare is backwards. Luckily, there's Forward, a new approach to primary care that's surprisingly personal and refreshingly straightforward. Forward never makes you feel like just another patient. Backed by top-rated doctors and the latest tech, Forward gives you access to personalized care whenever you need it. Using in-depth genetic analysis and real-time blood work, Forward's top-rated doctors provide you with in-depth insights to better understand your genetics, mental, and physical health. They then create custom, easy-to-understand plans to help guide you to achieving long-term health. With Forward, you get unlimited in-person visits with your doctor and access to care anytime via the Forward app, all for one flat monthly fee. It's time to stop accepting backwards healthcare and start moving your health forward. Visit GoForward.com today to learn more. That's GoForward.com. Peace to the planet. Charlemagne the God here. And you don't want to miss Hello Somebody with Senator Nina Turner on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I love Hello Somebody simply because I love Nina Turner. She's fearless. I'm Nina Turner. 
hell-raising humanitarian, sister in the struggle, and recovering elected official. Listen to Hello Somebody every Thursday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 20 years ago, you fell in love with the Gilmore Girls for 154 episodes and four movies. On the I Am All In podcast, Scott Patterson, a.k.a. Luke Danes, everyone's favorite grouchy diner owner, takes us down memory lane. Tune in to the I Am All In podcast to relive the Gilmore Girls saga one episode at a time. We'll share stories. We'll share the memories. I've got a million stories to tell, especially about Sean Gunn and Milo Ventimiglia and a lot of other people, too. Scott will take you back. Back to Stars Hollow, Luke's Diner, Dosie's Market, Miss Patty's, even Mrs. Kim's Antique Shop. I know you guys have been binge-watching it through COVID and, you know, for 21 years and generations and families and mothers and daughters, and let's watch it together. If you can smell snow, if Paris isn't just a city in France, and Friday night dinner is a requirement, you won't want to miss this. Listen to the I Am All In podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mm. We've reached the meat of our discussion, the thought process spelled T-H-O-T, and our discussion this week will be narrated by Fran. Hi, Fran. That's right, y'all. Today's discussion is another slippery slope. Uh, I, I, I hate you. Get out. like Dennis's butt. <laughs> Always ready. All right. Damn, that should be your drag queen name, Slippery Slope. Slippery slope. Oh, oh, my God. Man. That's or, really good. Or the handle for my Finsta. Yes. Witches. Well, <laughs> say it, Dennis. Then it's not a finster. All right. Problematic faves, y'all. Okay. So, like, what does it even mean to be quote unquote problematic? The frequency with which this term is used has created kind of like a bankruptcy of language, mm. in my humble opinion. So much so that when people call things out for being quote unquote problematic, I've kind of stopped being skeptical of the problematic entity and started being skeptical <laughs> of the person of the people who are of the accuser um, uh, and the intention of the accuser but when it comes to our faves how do we consume art and culture responsibly mm-hmm. when azalea banks comes on at the club do we just stop dancing <laughs> that's our protest <laughs> <laughs> i will stand here motionless am, for the next 3.5 minutes <laughs> does am, like, banks still come on at the club no but truly like am, am i allowed to get the chick-fil-a waffle fries when i'm at the airport like in connecting flights mm. am i should i stop supporting rupaul's drag race mm. can i ever watch the cosby show oh or woody Oof. allen's annie hall oh. without feeling Sick to my stomach when I do so. What do we do with the art of monstrous people? Mm. And more importantly, the people who err on the side of just like ignorance. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think a great place to start because a lot of y'all and by y'all, I mean, just like two of our listeners have called (laughs) us out for liking Cardi B. Mm -hmm. And Cardi B is... My president, <laughs> but also someone who has settled a few a handful of ignorant, maybe one would say, things yes. in the past. What do we all think about Cardi B? How do we start to evaluate someone like her? I This is Teebs. I would say that um, I think it's important to keep in mind that people change yeah, mm-hmm. and that situations are dynamic and maybe just because the way a person reacted in the moment is maybe not indicative of their character 
some total in perpetuity throughout the universe. Yeah. Mm. People have the capacity to grow, right? And so there's a big difference between someone who makes a mistake mm-hmm. and someone who perpetually continues that mistake even after they've been called out on it, right? Mm-hmm. It's yes. like one is one does not say one bad thing in one's life and then be canceled forever because we would all be, be canceled yeah. but it the complication to me is like where is the cutoff for how many mistakes because mm-hmm. so for the mm-hmm. context of any listener like cardi b has said tra- a handful of transphobic things mm-hmm. in the past she's she used shared a a, she's used the t-slur she's shared she's shared a transphobic meme on facebook like, she said that it was her uh, fired assistant who yeah, did this right. you know i mean yeah but, but there are a lot of things where i'm just like it is a repeated mistake mm. so if it's three or four or five do we continually forgive it because she's learning in public in my opinion i always see cardi b show up immediately after and be like that was my mistake or that right. was someone else's mistake mm-hmm. or that was or like i'm learning thank you for teaching me she's yeah. literally said that like she's she literally said, said like thank yeah. you for telling me that it's like not okay for me to make weird homophobic jokes correct yeah. D. No, I'm a big. I I kind of agree with that. I al- I always think it's important to think about the context that someone is coming from and the context within which they're operating. And I think, um, that's part of what you're saying when you think about how much time they take to respond. If they do respond and they admit that that was a mistake for this reason or that reason or the third. Um, and I think Cardi B is a really great example of that. I'm a big fan. Um, I don't know. I think what like. Wh- My day job career has been in education. And so one of the things that I think working in a field where you're constantly teaching people who are there to who granted are there to learn is that it takes a lot of patience and a lot of time. And it's not even a matter sometimes of just two or three or four mistakes or two or three or four times that you have to repeat the same thing. It is the goal is to keep teaching people and to keep working with them until you get it mm-hmm. until they get it and sometimes it takes different approaches and so i think that and then you move on to something else yeah. to fuck up so from and then you move on to something else to fuck up right. and so for me when i'm thinking about someone like cardi b like is she in school no but has she gotten anywhere near the li- the line for me where she's so problematic that she would be canceled no she has not how long has she even been in the in the public lexicon to mm-hmm. be honest like any more than what Three, four, five years, mm-hmm. something like, like that. Yeah, I never watched Love she's and Hip Hop, so she's learning, she's learning in, in public. And she, and mm-hmm. unlike someone who's actually in school, she's learning in public. And I think so many people need to allow for a lot more grace when someone is learning in public, because how often are they like learning in public, speaking in public, operating in public, making yeah. decisions in public? And to your point, Dennis, like they're. Cardi didn't go to school and there is a certain lexicon there's a certain mm-hmm. education that comes with the nature of calling things out as problematic or mm-hmm. the nature of calling things mm-hmm. out that is or could be classist even yes. or could be because you have had the privilege of clocking the hours of understanding this thing yep. but that yes. aside Cardi B is like a former sex worker woman of color came from the bottom of the bottom of the food chain and rose all the way up and like I think about friend of the pod Thomas Page McBee who wrote this amazing piece about who gets to identify as non-binary mm-hmm. and they point and Thomas pointed something out really interesting about um, when cultural criticism and identity policing is flowing either upstream or downstream meaning right. mm-hmm. people who are more privileged than Cardi B calling her out and trying to take her down right. and are and that in, in that case the criticism is flowing downstream right. does that make mm-hmm. sense mm-hmm. yeah so it's, I mean I, it's super interesting because I mean all of these identities are so complicated and like they uh, Cardi B now is like you know wealthy but doesn't come from a wealthy background and so and you know isn't 
doesn't have a lot of educational privilege and all these other. So it's like you have all these different markers. And I feel like people like to pick the markers mm-hmm. that they're marginalized in mm-hmm. and speak from that mm-hmm. marker and not acknowledge the mar- mm-hmm. the ways in which they have privilege or power. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and what that says to me is I think one thing that happens I don't I'm not one of these people who's like, oh, the discourse online is uh, impoverished, like that we, we can't have complicated conversations on Facebook or Twitter. I don't feel that way. I am a person who, you know, my training is in science and I am I got a lot of my training in critical theory from Facebook and from Twitter, from certain threads and then being pushed to like, uh, you know, scholars or activists to read or engage with from those threads. So I think that you can have incredibly deep conversations on Facebook and Twitter, but there is a lot of virtue signaling as well. Exactly. Yes. Virtue signaling is yes. a great buzzword. Yes. So yeah. what like can we define that for our listeners? Please do. Uh so virtue signaling is kind of like a performative uh way to call someone out in order to make yourself seem not problematic. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. For you trying to use this mm. this these words as a as a as a shield yeah. um to desensitize people to your own place in the dangerous animal kingdom of privilege. Right, mm-hmm. right, you right, know? right, right. Um to not let people see your power. Um I wanna we're getting super deep in and I want to back up and do like a yes. few more case studies. Who are y'all's problematic faves? What was the who is the one or who are some of the first people that came to mind when you think about your problematic faves? And then why are they problematic? For me, Wes Anderson movies. Ooh, tell us. I love tell them us. so much. Mm-hmm. They are so fucked up in terms of race. They, uh-huh. the, the 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 one where they go to India. I mean, my God, they are so fucked up in terms of gender. Even the Isle of Dogs movie, it, it's, man. I haven't seen yeah. that yet. I couldn't even. Oh, it was all. It was like in Tokyo in and Japan. Yeah, not yeah. just in Tokyo, but like there's a whole. We don't have to get into this, but there's like an island of dogs and they can't consistent. And there's like this little like culture war and they consistently mm-hmm. refer to the dogs as savages. Oh, and so it's this oh, weird God. race war thing, too. Oh, and I'm like, no. what is happening? Mm. Uh, but I think in terms of like es- both aesthetics and storytelling and humor, it, like he was a huge influence for me early on in my life. So it's really tough for me to. I mean, that's the thing. It's like Juno Diaz also was hu- hugely influential to me as a writer and. As I started coming into the literary community, I knew he was fucked up even before the stories came out because of Whisper Networks. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he was I was already sort of disinvested from him politically. But I can't pre- sit here and pretend that his books weren't hugely mm-hmm. influential to me as a writer. Similarly, and yeah. though this one took me to, by surprise because I didn't hear anything about it before, is Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie's, oh, like, horrible transphobic remark. And then the doubling down, doubling down. of the transphobic remark Ugh. way back when. Like, she is one of my favorite. I mean, she, to me, was one of the first women to introduce me to how to even start to talk about race because mm. race is like a, is a conversation that didn't exist to me when I was in suburban Illinois right, mm. right, and like mm. for her to just totally break my heart with this like borderline turf feminism mm-hmm. was yeah. bazonkers yeah um, my problematic I, mine I, the one I wanted to illustrate was how, how, how something migrates from problematic fave to cancel um, yeah, um, that because is... year a few years ago, I think it was 2015. Um, Sherman Alexie, poet, um, indigenous poet, um, was editing the Best American Poetry Collection, and he allowed a, a white poet who was using, who was, I guess, pretending to be, I think, um, Asian, Asian, a- an Asian woman, an Asian woman, um, uh, Derek Hudson, who went under the pen name Yi Fen Chu, I believe. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. um, and this came out, and everyone was like, "Uh, well, who let this in?" And, and Sherman admitted that he knew that it was actually a white man and let that person as appropriative identity um, into the into the collection no matter 
what. And there was a huge uh, bust up about it in in the poetry community and the literature community in general. And, and, you know, I, I was like, I was so bummed. I was so fucking bummed. But I also knew that like Sherman as that person who would who, like David Lehman, the series editor, yeah. chooses people like that who will perpetuate uh, almost like a white supremacist uh, poet poetics, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and, and 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 of course, like the elders are always going to um, disappoint you in some way. Like mm-hmm. and so th- he like still a fave, but st- problematic in that way. Because I was like, was his work super meaningful? I mean, I'm guessing yes, the work absolutely. And his mentorship, yeah, like, and friendship. Yeah, and like as a as a as a you know 13 year old reading Summer of Black Widows for the first mm-hmm. time and realizing that there is a reservation born poet who can turn that into a career right. and the uh, uh, Lone Ranger and Tano fist fight in heaven and um, business mm-hmm. of fancy dancing. Like I just consumed his work, and for me, it was a person who was a contemporary indigenous voice. Like I'd right. read N. Scott Mamaday, I'd read. Right. L- um, Louise Erdrich and Linda Hogan and people like that, but they didn't have the same kind of humor mm-hmm. and barb that Sherman Alexie yeah. had, and that made me want to be a writer. And then Ugh. he kind of took me under his wing, and he mm-hmm. gave me blurbs and he gave me advice. And I had speaking of Whisper Networks, mm-hmm. I didn't hear anything nothing. about. I didn't know nothing about oh, him. Wow. I, I didn't at all. Yeah, and then yeah. it come it came out that you know uh, these indigenous women. Um, accused him of sexual assault and that that went from problematic fave to cancel it was like i cannot i can't fuck with you anymore the next edition of my book is not going to have your quote on the back of it like um i i'm sorry i just can't fuck with you how does it feel to talk about this publicly um i i was i did it once before and it was at haskell indian nations university i went there recently on a tour and we all kind of talked about it and it was it was it was good to have that discussion in a room of indigenous people Mm -hmm. because we all felt wounded in the same way we all fell for this person and we all didn't most of us didn't see it coming Mm -hmm. and it feels i don't know then you start to feel then you start to question not only that person, but then yourself, right? You mm-hmm. know, like, was there something mm-hmm. I wasn't listening to? Was somebody saying something that I was oblivious to? Were there mm-hmm. warning signs that I didn't fully take into account? You know, that is an interesting yeah. thing about problematic faves and also canceling someone is when you proclaim that someone is problematic, there are a lot of instances where it's not about them. It's about things that you are dealing with mm-hmm. and the, or this thing that you're trying to unravel yeah. inside you about the nature of liking them in general. Dennis, who is yours that came to mind? Oh God, I have a I have a couple. Just like, <laughs> a couple. To be fair, this person is a new fave, so my engagement with them is is a little bit less. But the actor Lakeith Stanfield recently got into some trouble. Mm, yeah, um, homophobic I, stuff. Yeah, yeah. He he had been rapping some homophobic, really problematic stuff, like in his Instagram, like Insta stories, and it was like wild because I only like really became aware of him like maybe a year, year and a half ago. And I've seen him, I mean, he was in Get Out. He was just recently, most recently in Sorry to Bother he's You. He's incredible. And he's so brilliant and he's so talented. He's so and fine. I, and, and yeah. you know, he's a little skinny for my taste, but <laughs> um, my my um, consumption of him was actually not particular. like I wasn't thinking of him sexually, but although he is handsome, but I just thought he was so talented. And I, I think it's so exciting when I see like young um, as far as I, I know heterosexual like black men in the public eye who seem totally cool and comfortable and confident with, like being around like queerness being around just people who are so much more different than different than themselves and so when I heard those lyrics I was really um, 
saddened because there is this prevailing idea that people of color and I think sometimes black people in particular are more homophobic than everyone else. And I mm. and and really that's about anti blackness. But the point is that it was mm. like also disappointing to me on that level. Um and it's the fact that I was just sad. I was like Does it matter to like, you that it was supposedly in a persona? Um you know, I I thought about that a lot and no, because I think that he is accomplished enough and he seems bright enough at this point to think that in that kind of space, if you're adopting a persona, you need to give that persona more space in order for it to not be received mm-hmm. as a harmful snapshot. Like these, this was like a harmful snapshot. Mm-hmm. And you just have to do that requires more space. If you're going to adopt a persona, mm-hmm. that requires more space. To Another me. super interesting thing that happened with the Wiki thing mm-hmm. that I want to talk about. Uh, and this also will touch on Kanye, who is soups canceled, but whose first uh-huh. three whose first three albums are great. And so yeah. this is also like liking sure. the art of monsters a little bit. But mm-hmm. um, everyone talks about people talked a little bit about Keith and people talk about Kanye every time he does something fucking batshit. Oh, it's like, he doesn't really think that he's just doing it to sell albums, right? Um, the sort of problematic for clicks thing. No. How is that better? Is like what I always want to know. Like, that's truly... Yeah, no. Why don't you just make good art, man? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just make good art. Did you see that, like, Snoop, there's that, that reflects Snoop, your values? Snoop Dogg Instagram that's like, make your albums great again. No, yeah. he said, he said <laughs> make Kanye 2007 again. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. that was Pete oh. Davidson, I thought. Yeah, uh, he said, I Snoop he said did, that again. Snoop said, make your albums good again. Make your albums yeah. good again. Oh, Pete Davidson said, again. make Kanye 2006 again. He oh made a God. hat. It was really funny. Um, He's singing that good dick. I'm I want to. I want to start. Uh, like, I want to start exploring what what is what happens between problematic and canceled. Okay, because mm-hmm. that to me is one undefinable. Like, we're not going to come to a conclusion with this conversation. But I want to start to dissect what it means because, like, when I think of someone like Lena Dunham, queen of problematic yeah. in a lot of ways, um. she is not. I mean, she's extremely dissimilar to Cardi B, but in terms of, like, the learning in public thing, yeah. there are a lot of ways wherein, like, Lena Dunham is also learning in public how to n- be a person. Or, but like, Lena Dunham Schumer. had a... Yeah, Lena, or Amy Schumer. I, don't, or, I actually don't know Amy Schumer's background, but Lena Dunham had the opportunity to learn, like, exquisitely in private. She went to Oberlin College. Like, <laughs> she... <laughs> It's true. Like yeah. she comes from a family that that comes from considerable like wealth and privilege, and I believe she grew up in New York City, where she was exposed to a lot of different things. Right. And so I was like, from jump, you needed to be better. Right. Yeah. Like mm. from jump, it, I needed her to be better. But they are that Cardi B and Lena Dunham are, are almost the same age. But it's they? it's the, well, I mean, I think Dennis is talking about educational privilege yeah, 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 and yeah, not yeah. age. But then the other thing I want to say is it's really easy for me because I love Cardi B's music and persona, and I hate. Lena Dunham's art so it's also like what like <laughs> like it's very easy to yeah. cancel someone that you don't like because, because you're like you're not drawn to them I guess the reason I'm bringing it up is because like for a very long time and maybe still Lena Dunham to me was like very canceled and uh-huh. now I think that the repetition of her mistakes just like when we talk about like re- repetition it's like over and over, over. and over yeah. and over Endless. and over and over and over again caused her to just really retreat from the public eye. Good. When she did so, she started to create Lenny Litter, which is like a thing that's like run by women of color. That's like run, that's like uh, uplifts like platforms Mm -hmm. that aren't hers, you know? She's shuffled her resources and time and energy into things that have nothing to do with her. And to me has has started to 
come back. So at one point, I'm like, Emma, mm. what point do I uncan? Oh, can she be uncancelled if she if she keeps up? Because if you're watching Lena Dunham, she's doing a lot of work that doesn't lift her voice at all and lifts the voices of others and has been for years. Mm-hmm. At what point do mm. I uncancel? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I read Lenny Letter. Yeah. For example. I mean, there's good work published there. mm -hmm. Well, is is there a difference between somebody who just sticks their foot in, like, just has that syndrome of mouth and foot syndrome and somebody who is, like, just a terrible person. Because, like, yes. like, I feel like, yes. I feel like uh, there are, there are uh, I, I'm thinking of, like, three white women in general. Um, uh, uh, Lena Dunham, Amy Schumer, and Hillary Clinton. You know, people, oh it's wow. like, they just, the, the holy trinity. <laughs> but it's like, oh feminism. my god, of white women, white womening all over the white woman world. But it's like, they, like it's like a sort of Two steps forward, one step back, yeah. and it's like uh-huh. they 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 do the performative learning thing, and then say right. something again that's like, oh, we're, are we having this other discussion? I think yeah. Hillary Clinton is a really good thing to talk about here, and it's a thing that I want to talk about a little bit. Of course, bring this to the lar- like larger political arena. Hillary Clinton to me is canceled in a way that you know Lena Dunham can never be because Hillary Clinton participated in structural oppression <laughs> of people in the 90s she participated in criminalizing people of color and never accounted for that and never made amends and mm. never had a conversation that acknowledged the harm that and her she political tactic did. was not yes. to own up to it it was to ignore it to full ex- stop. exactly and so i like i for me when we were talking about Chick-fil-A uh, this is going to get back to Hillary Clinton. I promise. I promise. <laughs> um, there's a big difference between what we do personally, like what my politics are in my person and how I enact that. And then like what we do collectively on a larger political stage. So what I was saying is I don't really believe in like uh, capitalist activism where like my purchasing dollars are where I put my activism. Now, that being said, if there is a boycott that's organized, like, for example, BDS around Israeli apartheid, I participate in that as much as I can because mm-hmm. it's like an organized thing that we're doing collectively to have a conversation and put pressure on a group of people, right? Mm-hmm. And so I kind of want to talk about the difference between uh, our personal choices in terms of who's problematic and who we're canceling and then what we can do like collectively on the on the larger political stage to actually put pressure to make change instead of virtue signal tweeting. Mm-hmm. Like, can yeah. we actually organize collectively to change things? Oh God! Oh no! <laughs> oh, you're posing I'm, the question to us. Unfortunately, I'm not an optimist. So uh, yeah, I, I, I just I feel like people lose interest way too quickly. Yeah, unless it's I mean like the, the BDS boycott. I feel like is you know it's y- a long game. Yeah, it's a long game. It's yeah. years in the making, and it's also a, a, around a particular uh, uh, a, a focal point of oppression. Right. Right. Like apartheid. Yeah. Was like exactly. But when it's like. I don't know what what is the what is the adhering element to the kind of 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 longstanding um, uh, uh, change that you're looking for. Right, 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 right. The thing is that I I think that all of this dialogue and much of it facilitated by the internet is like ripping off a bandaid in order to get stitches. It's like sure. we like the yeah. conversation the conversation that we're having here, the conversation that we have on Twitter facilitates actual change because we're looking at things much more deeply than was possible before in public discourse. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I think having this conversation meaningfully 
and starting to go deeper than we have before. It, mm. it, we are in a moment of great possibility. Mm-hmm. It is a very fraught moment, but is a moment where we could actually start doing the analog organizing, actually having the conversations, not just in the DMs, but with our family and friends. And there is a possibility in this moment that I'm excited about. I always see great possibility when someone decides they're going to go even deeper, deeper than they ever have. Before. And in your DMs, oh, Dennis. Oh, God. Slide into the DMs. Oh, Lord. Dennis, oh, for- Dennis, Dennis would turn this into their <laughs> own personal <laughs> just their own personal grinder. It's a whole oh, conversation yes. just is about been getting me laid. Mm-hmm. That's problematic. Slippery slow. Listen. (laughs) She's still learning. So who wants to listen to Taylor Swift's 1990? (laughs) (laughs) Shake it off. Shake Shake it it off. off. Shake it off. I hate myself. Mm, I'm feeling full, but like I could fit one more thing inside of me. Dennis knows how I'm feeling. Uh, So for our dessert today, take us away, D. Thank you so much. I... So I was recently on a flight to Seattle because I had an engagement there. And while I was on the plane, I did something I never do, which is to watch a film on the plane. And <laughs> and they had um, the most incredible documentary that I've been dying to see for months. And it was um, called The Gospel of Andre. And it was all about Andre Lantali, who is an, a Black queer American editor at large for Vogue magazine and, ha- and has been for some time. And... The documentary was really incredible because, of course, it goes into Andre's um, career at Vogue and his relationship with, like, Anna Wintour, for example, and even some of the people that came before Anna Wintour because he's been at Vogue since, like, the 70s. Mm-hmm. But it also went into Andre's um, early life. And so if you are unfamiliar, Andre Leontali, very large, tall, like, maybe six four, six five. Um, man, Why is everybody looking at very, very much, very, very much Tommy's type. And I think possibly not that into anal sex, actually. Amazing. So, totally uh, perfect. Hit me up. Um, because so Anna Wintour was in the documentary and she was talking about this moment where they were all at Studio 54 and they were like, oh, yeah. And upstairs, everyone was having sex and being ridiculous. And Andre was like like an angel like he was not he was there partying but he was not involved in any of it um which was really fun but here's the thing about andre leontali andre grew up in the 60s in um the deep south uh was raised by his grandmother went to church and that was part of where he got his um incredible taste for fashion because if you didn't know for the for black people especially in that time your Sunday best was like your fashion best. And it was like a fashion show. You were fabulous. You had the hats. You might have a fur. You had your absolute best clothes. And they juxtaposed it um, in a way that was really interesting to me because they talked about how, um, you know, especially in those days, your work uniform was like your maid's uniform. Your work, Whatever your work clothes mm. were, they were not necessarily fabulous. You know, you weren't showing up in your best at the, at the Vogue offices like eventually Andre was doing. And so that's where Andre kind of got his um, deep appreciation for fashion and would go to the library every week for the new issue of Vogue would have rocks thrown at him because he went to a library on a college campus where he wasn't supposed to be as a black person. So white men Mm. would throw rocks at him and um, got himself to Brown university eventually. And then Mm. got to New York and started interning and working at Vogue. Um, But there were so many things about his life that really resonated with me. And I thought might resonate with some of us Um, there. They briefly discussed, first of all, Andre's lack of a romantic life. Fran. And Andre, Andre, Andre came right out and Uh, said, all of us, come on now. (laughs) No, but Andre, Andre has a thing um, where 
he basically is like married to his work in a very friend like way. Yeah, where he's like my yeah. work feeds me more than a relationship. Yeah. He's also but a Taurus. Well, he's oh, I didn't know that. I don't, I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I was about to get so excited. <laughs> what what he said in the documentary, and I had the same reaction that I feel like Fran has with that moment in, with Eartha Kitt, where she says, "Why would I compromise with someone?" Mm-hmm. Um, where Andre was, and also I have like a lot of fears that this is kind of how my life might end up going. Where Andre basically said, you know. At the, t- at the time when that was really could have been a viable option for me, I wasn't interested in it. My work fed me more. I was married to my work. Now I'm older. Andre's 73, I think. Um, and he was like, I, I would like to have found someone. And he he's named like Tom Ford and he named um, Mark Jacobs as people who have found partners and found these relationships and was like, I kind of now I wish I had that. And I feel like that ship has sailed. Mm. But, same, he wasn't, but he same, wasn't sad same, about same. it. He was just like stating a fact. It was something that it's, he presented it as though he was just like talking about the weather. Like it rained yesterday and I'm, and I'm not, <laughs> I wish it hadn't. Like it was so powerful to me. Um, and there was something so interesting to me about like queerness and queer powerfulness and how I think in a certain era you, ha- you maybe had to choose. And if you wanted to go out into the world and put yourself into a position of influence and of power, you had to marry that. And as a black man in that industry, as a large black man who could be physically intimidating mm-hmm. um, and seen that way, it was really it was really amazing. It's an incredible, incredible documentary. And also all of his caftans, because he wears nothing but <laughs> caftans. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I was thinking, too, about his whole narrative of, of, like, sort of, you know, staying at the Y, and, like, there were roaches in there, and he was mm-hmm. younger, and then sort of coming up sort of in Andy Warhol's world. It's just, like, mm-hmm. he is such a hustler. He's a yes, total you know? hustler. A total hustler. Respect that. If you haven't, amazing. If you haven't seen his video um, talking about, uh, Michael Cohen's clothes. You must. It's oh incredible. My god, oh, it's oh my god! Because they're you know it's like the tacky python coat, and it's like him just reading it for filth. Oh, so that's yeah. thing number one. He's great. He's sitting on a porch. I think his house in Westchester. Yeah, uh, that's number one. Number two. Um, it's a little contentious, but Hilton Owls, uh wrote an essay on him from the nineties. Um, that's gorgeous about basically how hard it is to be the only black person in the room in fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and before it Especially came out. Um, Andre was fine with it and then a lot of people felt like it was making fun of him which was not Hilton's mm. intent hmm. um, but apparently Andre turned uh, after the art- art- article came out kind of turned against it and so it is a it is a com- and Hilton is kind of a problematic fave in a lot of ways right uh-huh. um, but it is definitely an essay that is uh, worth reading it's gorgeous and complicated and sad and yeah yeah that's complicated and, and sad oh it's my and sexuality like, <laughs> 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 This episode of Food for Thought is made possible by the generous, mm. unequivocal support of Rosé and our new home at Forever Dog. Our media partner is IntoMore.com, an online magazine for queer news and culture. Our producer is the golden audio god, Alexander <laughs> De Palma. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tommy Teebs Pico. You can find me at HeyTeebs, H-E-Y-T-E-E-B-S, yes. on all relevant social media. I'm Fran. You can find me at Fran Squish Co. on anything you want. I'm Joseph Osmondson. You can find me at www.josephosmondson.com. And I'm Dennis Norris the second. You can find me on Twitter at the Earl Denden, T-H-E-E-A-R-L-D-E-N-D-E-N. Subscribe, rate, and review us five stars on iTunes or Dennis Wears Flats. <laughs> <laughs> Never! 
Actually, right now. She's wearing boat shoes right now. Boat shoes. boat shoes! Oh my god, oh. are you straight? Find us on Instagram as Gay Sluts Who Read and join us on Facebook and Twitter at Food for Thought Pod, where each week we pin some questions to the top of our page and continue the discussion of this week's main topic. Sign up for our newsletter to see a list of everything we're reading and some extra at foodforthoughtpodcast.com and finally, send your questions, thoughts, concerns, and dick pics to thoughts at foodforthoughtpodcast.com As always, that's food, the number four and thoughts spelled how? T-H-O-T Thanks for listening. See you next week. What are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to do your introduction, your introductory. Mm. It's a little bit lower. It's a. Ew, mm. gross. Yeah. Ready? Ew. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.